guys, it's me, Ty Willis. Oh, it's a Mets Maniacs pod. We're out here again with another episode, me and Uncle Mike, Mike Bresnak, here in D.C. in person. Um, happy to be here. Uh, really glad to release another episode. I talk about it, too, in the beginning, in the intro of this ep. We'll be releasing new episodes kind of ad hoc as new events transpire with the Mets. Um, we'll rush to give you guys some good content to make sure you, we keep you guys on top and up to date with all the new things that are happening in the world of the New York Mets. So me and Mike go into it today. We touch on Steve Cohen, kind of what's going on with the Blasio, and then we talk about potential trades or signings the Mets might make with Francisco Lindor over to Bauer, over to Muto, just touching on um, those high names again, uh, as well as some of Mets' new prospects coming up, uh, and a bunch of other things too to keep in mind for the start of the 20. 21 season. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at MetsManiacsPod. That's at MetsManiacsPod. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We should be on that platform. If not, shoot me a message. I'll see if I can get on that distribution platform, MetsManiacs, for you. Just let me know. You can also send us an email at wearemetsmaniacs at gmail.com. That's just wearemetsmaniacs at gmail.com. Also, before I give you the brief ad uh, message from Anchor, just wanted to give a brief shout out to another sponsor here, Only Salt. Uh, it's actually run um, by a friend of mine. He's a great guy. Uh, it's great salt. It comes straight from Peruvian salt mines. Very pure. Uh, there's no trace um, metals in it or aluminum or any of the bad stuff that you don't want. It's not in that salt. It's a great product. I use it. It's great for baking, cooking as a finisher salt or as a cooking salt. Check it out. Only Salt. Great company. Even better owner. Other than that, guys, I'm going to give you this brief ad message, and then we're going to get right into it. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you have the time or the heart or both, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. All right, guys, I'm going to lead right into this. Hope you have a great week. All right, what's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Mets Maniacs. It's been a couple weeks now. We missed you guys. Um, had to do some things. This will kind of be the cadence that will be coming out with these episodes. Uh, here in the offseason, at least for the Mets, um, we're going to try to come uh, to you guys every couple of weeks, come out with fresh new content, uh, kind of ad hoc as needed based on what's going on with the Mets, uh, management, new moves being made. Me and Uncle Mike here will come to cover it. Again, I'm your host, Ty Wilkes, along with Uncle Mike, Mike Bresnak, recording out here in D.C., uh, to get you guys caught up first, I think the biggest news is obviously the sale of the Mets to Steve Cohen. No big drama there. The majority of MLB teams actually approved the deal on Tuesday. Uh, I believe it was near unanimous. Right now, de Blasio is just looking into the deal, so it's being held. It's a final hurdle as a result of uh, Cohen's tax issue that he had. Um, with tax fraud for his company. It shouldn't hold the deal up, and the deal should definitely still go through. It seems de Blasio is just doing his due diligence um, as he as he needs to do so it's still annoying just one thing that we got to get past and then finally the sale of the team will be to Cohen uh, I don't know Mike if you saw A-Rod was talking a little bit about like potentially trying to like buy the Mets or just you know still saying some stuff which I just found like hey man you got to let it go you know you don't have the team give it to Cohen we're, we're already looking to the future to make new moves which kind of brings us to our next point too there's been chatter about the Mets trying to get Francisco Lindor, the shortstop from the Indians. Um, you know, this guy's up for the MVP running uh, almost every year. Mike, you know, what would that look like for the Mets? Obviously, he's playing shortstop. We're already pretty deep in that position with Jimenez and Rosario, and you got Cano at second base. You know, should the Mets make this move? W what are your thoughts about getting Lindor? Uh, 
The Mets are deep at shortstop right now, but it would take a couple of the shortstops to acquire Lindor. It wouldn't be it would be a Matt Rosario, I would suspect Andres Jimenez as well, with probably like a JD Davis or Mark Vientos down in uh, AAA right now. So it would definitely be a lot of our depth at the shortstop position. But then again, Francisco Lindor is young. He's 26, 27 years old. He's in his prime of his career right now, switch hitter, gold glove caliber shortstop. So it's kind of everything you'd want in a shortstop right now. Uh, that being said, Lindor is a free agent at the end of this upcoming season. So if the Mets do trade for him, it's almost you, you have to lock him down for a long-term contract. That's probably looking at like an 8 240 10-300 type deal. And I don't know if you want to do that for a shortstop who's not the everyday power hitter you kind of expect. Like you look at like an Arenado deal. You look at a Giancarlo Stanton deal. And those guys mm-hmm. are three, four hitters for what you hope to be 10 years. And I think Lindor kind of projects it's more of a one, two, three hitter probably being generous, especially if you have like a Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto in the lineup for the next couple of years as well. So, right, would he be a great shortstop? Would he definitely be an upgrade over what we currently have? Yes. Is he a top twenty player in the MLB? Definitely. But is it somebody you want to give up all of the future prospects you really have for Jimenez, possibly mm-hmm. Ronnie Mauricio as well? I don't necessarily know, especially because you are very deep at that position. If it's say upgrading a catcher, third baseman to Arenado or like a future kind of all-star, perennial all-star, I'd say definitely. But for shortstop for position, we think we're pretty confident in. And we're, we've are we seen Andres Jimenez is capable of being a future shortstop going forward. I don't know if you necessarily need to spend for Francisco Lindor. No, that's that's a very good point. A couple of things to touch on, too. I think with the Yankees, too, and Giancarlo Stan, you know, they spend a ton of money to get this guy. And, you know, he's injured a lot of this year, you know. So, like, it, you got to keep that in mind. And, and we're not the Yankees, too, in terms of buying our team. And now that we have a new owner, I think a lot of Mets fans just need to slow down a little bit because it's like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> we can't sign all of these players. Everybody, oh, we want Bauer, we want Ramuto. You see Bauer now, too. There's estimates that his contract could be in the Strasburg range, which I think is actually too high for the amount of tenure he's. He's a great pitcher. I think he will replicate his success. I don't think it's been a fluke year. But, you know, Strasburg numbers, I mean, you know, there's talk of him going like 10 year in that 250, 270 million dollar range. I just, there's, you can only do that so many times. And to me, it makes no sense to do this at the shortstop position that we've had proven talent and depth in at both Rosario and Jimenez. And Rosario, of course, didn't do that well in 2020, but we saw him in the second half of 2019, flash promise. Uh, if we gave him away now, Rosario, I think I would be okay with it, but we'd be selling low. Uh, and I definitely don't want to give up on Jimenez, a guy who can definitely be you know a, a cornerstone piece of the Mets offense and franchise moving forward. I want to build out a team that, you know, we grow. I don't want to just go crazy and start buying all these players who, you know, might not pan out. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think um, I don't want to give up a lot of prospects either. We're already so thin with prospects. I just don't feel like the move right now is to move a bunch of people in our farm system to get a big name. I also think if you do trade Francisco Lindor, you do sign that deal that we've been talking about. That kind of takes away money from other spots we've been looking at all offseason, whether that be center field, starting pitching, catcher. Uh, and I don't know if – I think the needs at those three positions are greater than our need to improve our shortstop position, even though it is probably the best shortstop in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. And talking about our outfield, I mean, I think that's a, that's a good point with you. Um, you know, we definitely haven't – um, you know, maximized or been too keen on defense. That's something that's kind of fell by the wayside for this team. We talked about it during 2019 or 2020. Um, you know, we were surprised when we had great defense just because we really haven't seen that in a while. So, um, you know, looking at our outfield now, 
would you say if we were able to lock down a starting pitcher and a catcher and we were happy with what we got so we got some combination of Stroman or Bauer or one of the two maybe like James Paxton or somebody else you know maybe not ideal we get Ramuto behind the plate with those pieces in check are you good of running out the same defense throwing Nimmo in center Conforto in right and McNeil in left for 2021 <sighs> hitting wise definitely mm-hmm. uh, I think you have to love what Nimmo does at the top of the lineup, his on-base percentage, his ability to get on base, draw walks. Uh, I think you love that. Defensive-wise, again, I don't know. There's been rumors about us getting Springer. I'm not a huge Springer guy either. Me neither. Long side of 30. Uh, even Aaron Hicks recently, actually. The Mets have been kind of linked to Aaron Hicks a little bit of the Yankees. and Hicks bothers me a little bit, too. He's coming off Tommy John surgery uh, last year. Been very good defensively, but not necessarily last season. Uh, didn't hit that well last year. He's nice. Mm. He's nice because he is a uh, switch hitter, which is nice, which is something the Mets lineup really doesn't have. Uh, but I, those are both guys who are older, who are kind of like band aids on a bullet bullet wound type thing, where it's like they'll fix the problem for probably the next year or two. After that, I think it's the, we're we're kind of in the same spot. And I don't know. If, I think the Mets are a growing team who's got a lot of potential within. I think their window is like probably the next five or six years. Starting like when kind of like Pete Alonso, mm-hmm. Jeff McNeil, uh, Rosario, if he's still here, J.D. Right. Davis. Once they start to get the 30, I think their window closes a little bit. But I think we have five years of contending baseball with our current roster right now. And I think getting an aging center fielder whose range is going to decrease as he ages, whose bat's not going to be as, as good as he ages, I think that's kind of like a. I, I feel like there's a little bit of buying Curtis Granderson all over again, where Granderson was good for those two years and then he was batting like 178. And it's like we don't necessarily need that. I would like to get, like, I don't. I would like to get a better center fielder. There's not really one on the market right now, uh, mm. so I guess I'd be okay with Nemo uh, as our starting center fielder next year. I'd like to. We've mentioned it before. I'd like to try McNeil there. I think McNeil's a better athlete than Nemo is, and I think Nemo projects as a better left fielder than he does center fielder. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. But yeah. I guess I'd be. I'd be. I'd be very okay with it offensively, and I. It's so hard because I. I guess I would rather. It, than like an Aaron Hicks as well. Right. No, I, I think I'm on the same page with you. A couple facts about that. You brought up Curtis Granderson. Um, something interesting with him. He was actually our last Gold Glove finalist. That was in 2015, so five years ago. You know the year before, Juan Lagares won a Gold Glove for the Mets. But it, that's just kind of emblematic of, you know, this team has just let defense kind of sink down in the priority list for the Mets. Um, so it, it would be good to see somebody out there, again, who can flash some leather, uh, you know, re- really help the Mets out, especially with, with pitching, you know, Good starting pitching or bad starting pitching, especially having a adept center fielder, is very, uh, very important. So um, I think, again, it's not ideal, but I'm okay with running these guys out there again. Um, I have a, uh, I tweeted this out too for the Mets team offense for 2020. Um, in the National League, we were first in average. Uh, you know, we hit 272. Second in hits with 551. Second in on base percentage, 348. And third in OPS with 807. So um, again, like I tweeted, didn't exactly translate to runs. You know, we were seventh in the National League, firmly in the middle of the pack. Uh, but it's hard to argue that the offense isn't potent and it isn't strong. We can't replicate that success and actually, you know, get more runs. We had some guys struggling. We didn't really have the offense fully all click at once. And we still put up these numbers. And again, not in runs, but average hits OBP and OPS. I mean, that is going to translate, I believe, over the course of a full season uh, to get us in top five and run scored. So... If you look at Team ERA too, you know we finished at 4.98, 12th in the National League. Um, obviously, having the year we did, missing the playoffs, I think starting pitching again. I've been like a broken record saying this, but I think it's important 
it's something that needs to be prioritized. And of course, we're looking at it, but I think over everything else this offseason, that needs to be the major focus. And one quick point, too, on Brandon Nimmo. forgot to mention this, too. He actually is a very, very fast center fielder. His sprint speed is almost that of George Springer's. It's very close. The difference is he's so bad at getting jumps, which is like not surprising because the guy's pretty awkward um, and kind of stiff. You can kind of see the way he you know, runs around the bases. And I think he's good at running in straight lines, but he also, I don't think his route efficiency is that great. I don't have a statistic to back that up, but I, I think I love Nimmo, but he's not the most... I don't know if graceful is the right word, but his tracking just isn't the best. You know, start stop, he's really good, but I think getting that first read, that pivotal first step, you know, he's he's not the best at. So I agree with you. I think maybe move him to left, put McNeil in center, so you might sacrifice some speed, but for better leads, more athleticism. Um, you know, so potentially that could balance out. So I think that's something the Mets will look to do. I'm going to start a rumor right here, and I know Brody Van Wagen, if you're listening. <laughs> We should try to trade for Ramon Lariano of the uh, Oakland Athletics at center fielder. Uh, young center fielder who can hit and gold glove center fielder. Uh, I would absolutely love a piece like that. I would give away What do you think it would take? Prospects. I would give away mm-hmm. Rosario, Nimmo, and some prospect, honestly, to get just Lariano back. And You know, Brett, uh, Billy Bean, the GM of the Oakland Athletics, all about that on-base percentage. He's probably right. a wet dream about Brandon Nemo <laughs> starting lineup. So. You're right. Yeah. Um, maybe that's something we can do. So, Brody, if, if you're listening, even if he's still on the team, we don't know what Steve Cohen's going to do. You know, if he's going to yeah. keep uh, Brody Van Wagner along. Yeah. Um, Brody, if you're not in uh, power to make this decision, Steve Cohen, please hire somebody who uh, also listens to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can sign us to the analytics department. I was actually reading that the Mets analytics department, there's only like five people or yeah, six people a guy on the team. On like a Microsoft O3 by himself. <laughs> <laughs> we got to update, man. You know, we could join that analytics team. I think a team like the Dodgers have like 20, they have like an actual team. You know, we just have five people. We could definitely probably amp that up a little bit. Um, maybe we'll run some analytics for next year too. submit our findings, just go public with them. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, why not? But yeah, so I think that's uh, key for the Mets, right? As we talked about lockdown starting pitching, I think in this order, starting pitching, catcher, center fielder, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of big names we need, but you don't need to make too many drastic moves. And I I mean, just the quantity of moves, right? The quality of the moves are very important. If we get a guy, you know, the caliber of Bauer or even Stroman and somebody else on Stroman's level, I think I'd, you know, Bauer would be like one A, Stroman's like a one B. So you'd have two one A's and Bauer and DeGrom into Stroman. 1B. Syndergaard at his best, I'd say, be a 1B. Um, you know, probably at least a 2. So, uh, you know, the pieces are there. There's just a couple moves that we have to make sure we make correctly. You know, and there's some moves not just for Nomuto. Just talk about getting, you know, other catchers around in the league who aren't as high caliber. Look, if they can apply tags and frame balls correctly, I'm okay with that. If that means, right, we're sacrificing talent at the catcher position, whether it be on offensive side, so we still need the defense there, just so we can get a guy like Stroman and Bauer, right, to really strengthen that that starting rotation. Uh, I have a name to watch out for in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. Mets just drafted him in this past year. His name's JT Jin out of Mississippi State. Uh, he was a junior, played at Mississippi State for three years, got Tommy John this offseason. Him and Noah Syndergaard rehabbed a lot together, but Jin was one of those guys who was, they kind of expected, a lot of uh, analysts expected Nobody to really draft him because he won first round pick money. The Mets, I think, drafted him in the third round this year. 
And uh, they paid him handsomely for a third-round pick this year, and he actually wound up signing with the Mets. And I think JTJ, not necessarily next year or even two years from now, but three years from now, kind of translates as a uh, mid-tier starter who has the potential to be uh, top of the rotation guy, too. I know he got a lot of rave reviews out of Mississippi State, so I'm kind of excited for him. Uh, the fact that he's kind of rehabbing with Noah Syndergaard, I, at least to me, bodes well for his future, that the Mets uh, pitchers realize that this kid could be something special and kind of want to take him under their wing. So I think that's best-case scenario is we get a guy come up in the farm system who uh, – you know, um, just excites and exceeds expectations. Or even, like, a guy like Peterson coming up and can be, like, a very, very solid number three pitcher, I think is just incredible, you know? That would be a godsend for the team. We're not necessarily looking for top-of-the-rotation pitchers. We're just looking for guys who can hold their own over six innings. And that's what David Peterson kind of is. He'll give you two two earned over six, and, like, you'll take that from him every day of the week. Every day of the week, man. You're not looking for somebody who's, like, Pitching, eating 250 innings and striking out has like a 11 K K through nine strikeout rate. You're just looking for guys to get out, not right. give up runs. So. Right. I'll yeah, man. I'll, I'll we'll sign a one A. We'll sign somebody else who's a big name in our system. We can get somebody up. Not even say they could be in the starting rotation for the beginning of the year. Just guys we know that we have in our back pocket to say, you know, all hell breaks loose. Multiple pitchers get injured. It doesn't derail our entire season. We have guys coming up. You know, so I, I think that's very important, which is exactly what Peterson was for us this year. You know, obviously we had a lot of struggles, had to throw Lugo in there. Um, so hopefully we can, can uh, count on some new guys coming up and maybe JT Jin's one of them. So we'll keep an We're eye on both that. both on the uh, Lugo back to the bullpen train though, right? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm back in the Lugo to the bullpen. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he had some promising starts, definitely. But I think, right, I think he's just better working out of the bullpen. Uh, I don't know what he thinks about it now because he wanted to be a starter, but I think he's just better for the Mets in that position. And once we get actually, you know, vetted starting pitchers, it just makes more sense. Yeah. I, you know, if he did really, really well and just had a ridiculous streak last year, I think I'd make an argument in 2021 to keep him up there. But, you know, he had some really, really rough starts. Some good ones, but he had starts where he was only pitching a couple innings, giving up, you know, six, seven, eight runs. So it's like... Yeah, tough to justify putting him out there week after week. It got to the point where I'd rather have seen five innings from Lugo in the bullpen than like a seven inning you know where start once a week. Like yeah, the bullpen suffered so much after he left too. It's, we didn't really have anybody consistent. Diaz actually pitched pretty well, but like imagine if Diaz Lugo eighth and ninth. I think that's a pretty good combo to uh, set your sights on for twenty twenty one. Really good combo, yeah. Man, I was watching highlights, too, of the 2015 uh, Mets postseason run, as I often do. Uh, every couple of weeks, I go back and watch them, and I was watching uh, Steven Matz pitch out of trouble. You know, bases loaded, nobody out against the Cubs. I remember, I, I think this was like game three, you know, and, and he pitched out, and I was like, who? where does this guy go? He gave up one run, and he was facing, like, Bryant, you know, in the Cubs lineup from 2015. That was a lethal lineup, and... Um, you know, he's, he's fully out. I don't even want to open that can of worms again. But, um, yeah, for you guys listening, too, go back and watch Harvey's stuff, too. Sometimes I forget how good he was. And I don't want to go down that train, man, but his curveball bit, you know, he was just so overpowering. Even his changeup was great, man. And he was just such a presence on the mounds. And I think that's the glory days. And we might not ever see that kind of, like, homegrown talent that was so good again. And I count Wheeler in for the Mets there. Because, uh, you know, um, they was. debut with the Mets, right, after we give away Beltron, they get him and Darnell. Um, but, man, you, you had a rotation that featured DeGrom. First, it, had, it was Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, and Mats. And Mats, this was when Mats was good in 2015. He debuted as a rookie, you know, and I, I think he had like a 3-3 ERA pitching that year. 
Um, but I don't. I, I just remember every game that we played. I saw the starting pitcher, and I was like, "Oh, our starting pitcher is better than the other guy." Obviously, our offense was very bad. But again, living in the glory days, a little nostalgic now. But you know, new team switch to the offense. Right? Look at our offense, and I think, you know, wow, we got one of the best one through nines in, in the whole league. Again, see what happens with the DH next year. It's not a given that there is going to be a DH in 2021 for the National League. Manfred's getting cute. Uh, head of there's going to be renegotiations between the players association and the owners uh, at the end of the 2021 season. So um, hopefully we get that DH spot so we can continue playing Dom Smith and Pete Alonso. You need to play them both. Pete had an off year. He was coming alive at the end of the year, but you can't justify putting this guy on the bench. He was the home run leader, rookie of the year in 2019. It's just not. It's just not an option for the Mets in 2021. If he continues to struggle mightily, yes, but like he needs a full season, I think or at least majority. And I think he'll definitely get it back on track. And you need to start Dom Smith every day in your starting lineup as well. So that would pose a real issue for the Mets. I think you would just have to put Dom in left again and, and just sacrifice the defense for his bat because his bat's that potent, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I think negotiations, you were saying that the deal does run up at the end of next season. I'm, I'll assume that they're gonna to try to negotiate something before that deal runs up. Uh, and I think the MLB definitely wants to expand playoffs to either a seven or eight team format, just because that mm -hmm. playoff revenue is something that is unheard of, especially for baseball. Uh, and from what I can gather, early in July, a lot of MLB players didn't necessarily like that extend the playoffs. Uh, and I don't know if the MLB players are on both leagues having a DH, but that's probably a uh, that's probably a point they could uh, they could negotiate with is we'll extend playoffs if you keep the DH in the NL. I know it gave mm -hmm. a lot of uh, NL position players. Mm -hmm. uh, more job opportunity, honestly. And negotiating power for contracts. Yeah. yeah, exactly. More more job opportunities too. Like Dom Smith's not starting fifty games last year without being a DH for some of them, uh, and I'm sure the pitchers didn't miss going up to the plate. So, yeah, exactly. Even though it was fun to see the Mets players, uh, pitchers go up to the plate actually and see Degrom get some hits. Um, we actually had some talented guys up there with the bat, or Noah going for a home run. Always good to see, you know, Noah or Degrom go nine. Or go eight, hit a homer, <laughs> win the entire game for the Mets. Um, sometimes it just has to happen if we're going to pick up the W. But we'll see what happens with that monitor. Uh, hopefully that all goes well. And yeah, hopefully, you know, by the end of next week, the sale will be official in terms of, you know, de Blasio okays it. So uh, that should be fine. It seems like we're on a good track for 2021. Um, Mike, any other points you want to bring up for this set? Yeah, uh, just one last thing I want to talk about was uh, the fact that even if de Blasio okays this, it still has got to go. It's got to get, uh, I think, 23 votes from the MLB owners, the rest of the league's owners. And Andy Martino, I, I don't know where he gets his information from, but he's been reporting that Jerry Riesendorf, the uh, owner of the Chicago White Sox, is starting a miniature revolt against uh, against uh, Steve Cohen. Uh, that he's, he's trying to get owners to vote no against Steve Cohen just because I, there's a stat like Steve Cohen's three times richer than the second o second richest owner in baseball and they don't want this to become like a bidding war in the sense for free agencies. Uh, I think that's the most ridiculous thing. Uh, I mean, in a sport with no salary cap, I kind of get the concern, but uh, just let the Mets have it, please. Just let the Mets have it. <laughs> yeah. We don't get fucking anything. We don't get guys. anything, man. Like, let us, let us put on this off. side of it. The last time we shelled out big money, you get guys like Jason Bay, right, and see what happens. Yeah. Even Yoannis, too, right, helped us out a lot in 2015, but, like, that was it, you know? So we've taken a lot of hits. Um, Reason Thor's an idiot, too. It's the same guy, same uh, owner who traded Fernando Tatis for James Shield back in, like, 2006. I, I can't believe that. <laughs> Could you imagine Tatis Jr. on the White Sox lineup right now? 
It would be insane. With man. Luis Robert, uh, Eloy Jimenez, and Yon Mancata, that'd be an insane team. And hopefully Michael Kopech comes back. Yeah. But we'll see what happens there. That guy is a clown. Um, yeah, let's not let that happen. Uh, <laughs> let's keep signing. We want that money. But okay, guys, uh, we're going to wrap up here for this episode. Hopefully, we'll link back up in a couple of weeks. Uh, as always, pleasure to do this. Thanks to everybody who's listened, uh, and thanks for your continued, um, you know, listening. It's it's amazing for us. We love doing this. You can follow and engage with us at Twitter. Our handle is at MetsManiacsPod. That's at MetsManiacsPod. We'll get back to you quick. Very responsive. We'll be posting some polls in the coming weeks to see what you guys want to do for free agents or what players you prefer or what route you would uh, most want to have the Steve Cohen take the Mets. Other than that. We'll be signing off. Again, I'm your host, Ty Wilkes, along with Mike Bresnak, Mets Maniacs Pod. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you later. And wait, there's more. Before you go, remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we hear five is the highest star. Please do. It really helps us out a lot. We appreciate it. Share it with your friends, with a stranger. It doesn't matter. Just get it out there, you know? Me, you, Mike, the whole community, we love the Mets. All right, guys, I got to get out of here. Take care. Be well. Be safe. And make sure to vote. 